I can tell you, I'm, I'm fearful, not that we should live in fear, but I'm fearful and I'm probably not too real, too awfully far behind you guys in that. But you've, we've wore our bodies out, we've wore our bones, we've wore our joints, we've wore our heads out, we've wore our ears out, we've, we, we've just simply worn ourselves out many times from hard work. This is Labor Day weekend. We're right in the at the pinnacle. We're at the the turning point of Labor Day weekend, 2021. And and although it's not a spiritual day as such, it's nothing that is really ordained in Scripture. Labor Day was established by Grover Cleveland, one of our presidents, back in the year of 1894. And Labor Day was actually established to honor. The, uh, the labor unions, if you would, in that day, and the commitment to the American worker that the labor unions made. While typically there's no honor presented to the labor unions now in our society with this Labor Day weekend, it's, it's consist- still considered a, like a just because day off. Now all you retired people, your whole life is just because now. Because you're retired. And so you're off every day just because you worked and you retired. But for those that are still out there laboring and working, Labor Day is a just because day off. And we all like our days off, don't we? We all, we all like that day that we get off, especially when we get it with pay. Now, I know in, in this day and time, there's a lot of people that don't, won't have tomorrow off, or maybe they didn't have Friday off, uh, but hopefully they'll get a day off somewhere along the way. But, but the whole purpose of Labor Day is for us to have an opportunity to rest. For us to get an opportunity to rest. Somebody asked me last night, they said, Preacher, what are you preaching on in the morning? And I give them a, a quick synopsis of my message. And, 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 and as I gave them that quick synopsis of my message, I said, and I'm going to be the worst one in the bunch. Because I struggle with rest. Hush. I'm, I'm looking at my wife. I can tell her to hush. Sanctified hush. I'm the worst one when it comes to rest. I struggle with rest. I feel like if I sit down and don't do anything, that I'm being lazy. Yeah, I, I struggle with rest. I, I struggle with that. Unless the only way that I can really take rest is to go somewhere where I can't find anything to do. And in in this day and time, that means also leaving my, my computer and leaving my iPad at home. But now we got the phone that does everything the iPad does. And it's hard for me to come to grips with rest. Some of you all may not have that struggle, but I do. But we have a responsibility to rest our bodies. I want to read a scripture to you this morning if you'll join me. In Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said, Come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see... Physically, it's difficult for me to rest. But more than taking a physical rest, 
it is impossible for me and for you to come to a place of spiritual rest. You know, there's there's a part of us, and we oftentimes are critical of the Pharisees in Scripture, in the New Testament, because the Pharisees were all about works. They were all about doing this, and they are all about doing that. In my physical life, I'm all about doing. I feel like I constantly need to be doing something. One preacher of old said, uh, he said, if the devil can't make you bad, he will make you busy. Oftentimes, we can get so busy, even doing church. We can get so busy doing church and doing church stuff that we fail to rest our minds and, and even our bodies. It's said that most preachers invest, uh, on the average, it's like 55 to 60 weeks into ministry. I can attest to that most weeks of my life. It's said that, 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 that Christians oftentimes find themselves so engulfed in doing that they forget about being. You see, but in scripture, when we begin to look at the circumstance, there are eight scriptural circumstances in scripture that I found that God actually pronounced or declared and decreed rest over his people. I'm not going to name all of those for you this morning. If you like them later, I don't mind giving them to you. But God intended, intends and intended for us to rest. Not only physical rest, physical rest, Brother Terry Trammell, one of our great leaders in the Pentecostal Holiness Church, Dr. Trammell told me one, on one occasion, I was, uh, I go to him from time to time and, and I share circumstances with him. He's a bit of a confidant and a mentor to me, if you will. And Dr. Trammell said to me, Pastor, he said, I want to tell you one of the most, sometimes one of those most spiritual things that you can do is take a nap. And some of y'all sitting in here and y'all got a real spiritual life going on, okay? <laughs> Every time you sit down in the recliner and turn on the TV, you get real spiritual, all right? You know, you know, uh, you know, uh, I, sometimes, sometimes Sister Sarah and I we will get spiritual on Sunday afternoon, not every Sunday. But a few weeks ago, we got real spiritual and we remained in the Spirit for like two and a half hours. We were just simply wore out. But 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 I understand what he's saying. Sometimes the greatest thing we can do is rest our bodies. In fact, when it came to creation, we found that that rest was such a critical part of of who God is and what He has planned for creation. That 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 is the very last thing that He orchestrated when He created the days of the week. As we know, on the Sabbath day, God commanded us to rest. You study out the laws of the land that God gave us back in the Old Testament. And, and there was a year of Jubilee. Every, every seven, seven years of, of every, every group of ten, seven years or, or every 49th years the way it measures out. Seven years of seven is give the land a rest. Don't plant anything. Store up the crops. Give your land a time to rest because in that day there wasn't Fertilizers and things used to restore the land. God planned for us to rest. God took a rest himself. Although he wasn't absent, he took a rest himself in that Sabbath. Now, medical science will tell us, medical professionals, that uh, rest is a 
very important part of healing. It's good to see Mike and Rosetta back with us and, and she's coming back from some major surgery on her knees and, and I, I can promise you this, Mike might not have got a whole lot, but Rosetta got some rest over the last few weeks as her legs healed up. Mike will get his in due time, I guess, if he didn't get some while she was rested. And, and some that, some all around us people right now are having COVID and, and different things that going on in their life. But we find that, that when we go to a doctor or even if you watch some of these commercials on TV, some of the advice we always get is drink plenty of liquids and get some rest. Right? My mom even knew that and she wasn't a doctor. Stay off that leg and rest. Cover your eye up. Patch over that eye a little while. Let it rest. Stay off your feet. Give them some rest. The medical results of uh, of rest are proven to, to reduce stress and anxiety and decrease blood pressure. It's a relief of chronic pain. It's improved. Uh, it's an improvement to your immunity system, your health. Uh, rest is proven to give stronger a stronger cardiovascular system. It's proven that people that that get ample sleep are healthier than people who don't. I'm a I donor. Maybe I should get more sleep. But I got too many things to do. It's also proven, and somebody should say amen right here. It's proven that people that get plenty of rest have better moods or improved attitudes. Rest is beneficial to us. But more urgent than the rest for our physical body is that rest for our soul. You see, sin not only changed the concept of physical labor when sin came into the world. You see, it was meant for man to dress the garden when God uh, made Adam and he, then he made Eve out of Adam and their assignment was to dress the garden and we know all of the things or hopefully you know some of the things that Adam and Eve did while they were there in the garden. They got to name all the animals. You want to know why an alligator is called an alligator? It's called Adam. Adam gave it that name. You know why a cat's called a cat instead of a, being called a dog and a dog's called a dog instead of by being a cat? It's because Adam decided that's what he was going to name it according to Scripture. He named all of the animals. He dressed all the garden. He took care of everything. But we do not find in any means until the fall of Adam and Eve, until they sinned in the garden, we do not find any record of that being laborious. It was a joy. It was a privilege. It was an honor for Adam to dress the garden and to keep the garden and to name the animals and do all the things that Adam had to do in the garden. See, it's just like our Adam back here. He finds it a joy to do everything that Robin tells him to do. It's without labor. It's out labor. But then Adam, not this Adam, but the first Adam, the first Adam, the original Adam, sinned. We know that they only had one commandment to keep. And, and in the, in, in the sense that Adam did not keep that commandment, he blamed it on Eve, he blamed it on the, the, the devil, but, but, and they all three were at fault. But what happened, then we find that the circumstances changed for Adam. Because the responsibilities that he had been given then turned into labor. 
Now, some of those responsibilities were, in, in essence, the same as they were before. Some of those changed because we know that Adam was put out of the garden. But then we find that Adam was, was instructed that humanity, man, you and I, that we would earn our living by the sweat of our brow. So what was a joy for Adam, what doing the things that God had put him there to do and having intimate fellowship with God, he came down and he walked to him in the cool of the day. Suddenly all of that changes. Suddenly all that changes and physical labor was reformed. Now, sin not only changed the physical labor for humanity, but it also changed the inward relationship with God. For humanity. For you see, what happened is sin, if you would, not only caused Adam's labor to become strenuous, if you would, the sweat of the brow labor, but sin also, if you would, put, or if you'll allow me to use the illustration, put a wedge between Adam's relationship and God. Sin, sin not only brought physical turmoil into Adam and Eve's life, sin also brought a turmoil into the spirit of man. You and I inherit that. We can't help but have that. Because we're all... Is there anybody in this room that's not flesh and bone? Raise your hand. Okay. okay. If you don't believe it, pinch yourself real good. Okay. Is everybody in here alive? Anybody dead? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. That's good. Sin separated not only Adam from from the joy of serving and turned it, it, if you would, into a labor. But now sin also separated or severed the relationship that Adam has with God. And in the, in the, in the, uh, in the DNA, if you would, or the, the, the makeup of humanity, what happened in time is man, because man began to think carnally. Carnality came into the heart of man, if you would, when he fell, when he sinned. Adam had known no sin before he ate of that forbidden fruit. But now he's sin and, and carnality has gripped his heart. Carnality has invaded his heart. Here's what happens when carnality invades our heart. Started with Adam. Went through all, all the Old Testament. We found it in the New Testament with, with the Pharisees and we still find it in humanity today. And that is, I can do things in order to please God. The more I do, the more God's going to love me. The more I do, the greater chance there is I'm going to get to heaven. If I, I had a, I, I have an aunt, God rest her soul. I had an aunt that, that lived by the motto, if I do enough good deeds, I will get something back in return. She lived by a concept or a philosophy of works, if you would. Now, 
I understand what James says in his epistle. He says that faith without works alone, faith with, without works being alone is dead. Uh, our works do enhance our faith. But understand what I'm saying to you this morning. Uh, you know, there, I, I'm full of all kind of old songs. I'm old, okay? But there was a song out years ago and it said, work your fingers to the bone and what do you get? Bony fingers. Work your fingers to the bone and what do you get? Bony fingers. Listen, we can work ourselves, our spiritual fingers to the bone, trying to please God, trying to make it to heaven, trying to get in God's favor. We can work ourselves to death, trying to do all those things, but that is not what God has called us to do. He says, yes, our faith without works is dead. There are works that will follow our faith, but I want you to know that Jesus Christ came and He replaced what the old, what the first Adam let slipped away and Jesus is saying if we go back to that scripture one more time he says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest let me tell you something rest means to pause it means to stop I can't read and say no music don't know what too much about it but I know when you see a rest in music I know that that means that you take a pause you, you take a stop if you would. God is saying to us and he says to us through his son Jesus, if you will come to me, you can forget about working yourself to death. You can forget about working your fingers to the bone because all you'll get is bony fingers. But if you will trust in me, I will give you rest. I will give you hope. I will give you confidence. There is no other way that you can make it to heaven through and by the rest that is found in Jesus Christ. You know, we, uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to get in a debate about the Sabbath this morning. Uh, you know, we know different people have different ideas. Now, quite frankly, the Sabbath was yesterday. The Sabbath was Saturday. Uh, Sarah and I, when we, we went to uh, Israel back in 2012, it blew my mind because on uh, we went up to... Uh, Tiberius on, uh, we traveled up there on Friday night. We got into Tiberius and we were staying in this nice hotel and the Leonardo and, and we walk in and, and here's an elevator that has Sabbath elevator written on a big sign right on Sabbath elevator. That elevator that it was going up and down 14 floors. Well, there really was only 13 floors, but you can't number. A, if you ever notice in a hotel, they don't put, most of them don't put 13 on their floor because they're superstitious. So there was 14 floors marked. And the elevator's going up and down, up and down, non-stop. Stops on every floor. All the way down, all the way up. Nobody could touch a button. A good Jew could not touch a button. Because it's the Sabbath. And touching an elevator button constituted labor. Being at work. You know, nobody cooked. Nobody was cooking, you know, because it was labor. You know, everybody had prepared their meals ahead of time. And I marveled at it. You know, I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, yes, a little bit weird to our culture, but I marveled at it just a little bit. But, but the Sabbath was actually began on Friday evening and ended on Saturday evening. This is the first day of the week when it comes down to it. And that's not, you know, that's not for a necessarily for us to debate today. 
But here's what I want to share with you. The, the, the Lord said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. I think it's good to have a day to reverence the presence of the Lord. I think it's good to have a day set aside that we dedicate ourselves to worship. That's why our forefathers, our, our, I can remember, even though I didn't grow up in, in holiness, I can remember, I was taught, you didn't go fishing on Sunday, because if you go fishing on Sunday and Jesus come back, he's going to leave you. Some of y'all remember that? You didn't go hunting on Sunday because Jesus come back, you'd be sitting in your tree stand. Plus, it was illegal in the state of Virginia at that time. You, you didn't, you didn't do this and you didn't do that on Sunday. About all you did on Sunday was go over to grandma's house to eat. And a lot of what grandma had to eat on Sunday, she had fixed on Saturday. But, 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 but it's good to have a day that we set aside for worship. Don't misunderstand me. But understand in the New Testament, in the New Testament, Jesus is saying, come all you are, burdened, are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. What Jesus is saying is, I will be your Sabbath. I will be your Sabbath. You know, if I really take a rest, if we go to, you know, we don't go to the beach because we're holiness people. We go to the coast. If we go to the coast, we go there to rest. Sarah and I do. Uh, Pigeon Forge is nice. We like Pigeon Forge. But if we go to Pigeon Forge, we don't rest. We like going somewhere where there's nothing to do. And therefore, we rest. We enter into those one of those naps. One of those spiritual naps, you know, for about two hours in the middle of the day that we would normally never do anywhere else. You know, and, and we find ourselves in in, in, in a, a atmosphere and a circumstance of rest. Understand with me this morning, every single one of us in this room, we have a destination in mind. I really have never met anyone that really wanted to go to hell. I really haven't. Uh, somebody said, somebody said there's no atheist in foxholes. I don't know if that's true and there was in the military, but they, I've heard that many times. There's no atheist in foxholes. I don't think anybody, anybody, no one really wants to go to hell, but here's the circumstance and the circumstance that is at hand. People that, that, uh, alright, I'll ask one more question. I can't get by this. How many, how many Black Oak, Arkansas fans are there in the room? I know some of y'all listen to Black Oak, Arkansas. Nobody? Gosh, I am old. You don't even know who they are. It's, you know, Jim Dandy to the rescue. You heard that? But that Black Oak, Arkansas, they were sort of a southern rock band. Black Oak, Arkansas did a song that said, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. But in order to get to heaven, we've got to forget about laboring and working. And how are we going to get there? Can I be good enough? Can I do good enough? Can I do enough good deeds? Can I do enough of this? Can I do enough of that? And we need to to, to, to put doing at the back of our minds and realize that what Jesus is saying to us, forget about hi-ho, hi-ho, off I work to go. I, I go trying to get my way into heaven. And we need to realize that Jesus says, he says, I will give you rest. I am your 
Sabbath. Take my yoke. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest. You will find Sabbath for your souls. The only way that we're ever going to have peace in this life and the only way that we're ever going to be at peace for all of eternity is to take Jesus Christ into our heart, into our life. And and yes, works will follow our faith, but quit quit worrying about or quit, quit Quit putting a concerted effort on the works that we can do and all the things that need to be accomplished and all the things that we can invest our time in and first and foremost realize that I need a solidified foundation and that comes through a, a, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when I have that relationship with Jesus Christ, then I'm at rest. I'm not fretting any longer. I'm not sweating. Listen, if you're sweating your way into heaven, you're doing it the wrong way. If if you got tired and sore aching muscles just in order to get to heaven, you're doing it the wrong way. Y'all come back to the music. You're doing it the wrong way. If you have to go and and, and I'm not I'm not saying that it's not physically tiring, okay? Follow me. But, but, but if, if you have to soak your feet every night, just because you think that's what it's taken to get yourself into heaven, you have, you have to be running away. Listen, what I do, what I do, what I serve, how I serve in the kingdom of God, it's not about me trying to find entitlement to enter into heaven. It's not about me trying to work and get myself into God's favor. Let me, let me give you some information one more time to recap this. When you enter into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't find yourself in any greater favor with God than when you have entered into His presence through and by His Son. You can't work it up. You can't work it out. You can you can work your fingers to the bone and you'll end up with bony fingers. That's not going to make God love you anymore. He loved you more and He loved me more than enough that He gave His one and only begotten Son. His name is Jesus Christ and because of Jesus Christ, I don't have to get out here and fret and worry and labor trying to get to heaven. I don't have to say I hope I've done enough to get to heaven. I don't say I hope I've got enough deeds to get into heaven because I know that I have entered into a place of rest with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, do I work? Yes, I work. Do I do I do good deeds? Yes, I do good deeds. But it's not because I think they're going to get me to heaven. It's because I want to please my Lord and my Master that has given me rest. He has given me peace. And what greater thing can I do than to serve Him? So I am resting in Him while I'm working in Him. While I'm working in Him, I'm taking rest in Him. Hi-ho, hi-ho. Off to work I go. But not to get to heaven, but because I'm in love with Jesus. And I hope that you're in love with Him too. And don't ever think that all the stuff that you've been doing is going to get you to heaven. But think upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Because He said any other way that you come other than through my blood, you would come as a thief and a robber. So you could work and you could labor. But if you don't have the blood of Jesus, you don't want to find out that you worked in vain. And you wasted a whole lot of time. Though you may have done many good deeds. But the the blood of Jesus Christ is the only way that you're going to find rest for your souls. Rest. Rest.
I don't know if Pam left this water up here or if I left it. It's about, Sarah says it's mine. If Pam left it, I sanctify it in Jesus' name. A number of years ago, Sarah and I was went on a, uh, we led a missions team. And as we led, it, led this missions team into a, a country that was that's considered somewhat violent, uh, we had a situation where we were robbed. Not, not face-to-face, somebody cut into our hut and they robbed us. So many of you all have heard that story. And there's just something about when you got a grass hut and you know somebody's got a big machete and they've already sliced through the hut and went in and took all your belongings. There's just something about uh, fear overwhelming you. They On the compound we stayed at, they moved Sarah and I into a cinder block building rather than a grass hut. But the cinder block building actually had a grass roof on it, so... No electricity. It's so pitch dark. It's so pitch dark. This is this is absolutely no exaggeration, is it, Sister Sarah? You could not. I could. I could hold my hand right here, and I couldn't see my hand. That's how dark it's. That is probably the greatest time span, it wasn't just a moment, but a time span of fear that maybe I ever felt in my life. Didn't know if I would ever get home. I didn't know if I would ever see my family again. I had all kind of thoughts that ran through my mind. And I remember it like it was yesterday, laying in that building. And uh, I don't remember what was it, a pair of, was it a pair of scissors that I had under the pillow? I don't remember. It may have been a knife from the kitchen. I don't remember. That was all we had in order of, of thinking of something, some ways of protecting ourselves. And we lay there and we were awake most all of the night. And it was, it was a, it was a fearful time. The days to come, it was fearful. But you know what? I, I look back now. I look that back now and I think about, upon that time. And I, I, I don't want to be too hard on myself, but yet I want to be a little hard on myself. If I trusted God enough to take me over there, why wouldn't I trust Him enough to bring me all the way back home? Jesus told His disciples, He said, I'll meet you over on the other side. But then the storm came up on the sea and they began to wonder what was going on. They forgot about He said, I'll meet you over on the other side. Sometimes you and I forget about, Jesus says, if you come to me, I'll give you rest. And we find ourselves in turmoil. This morning, I say this not to be critical of any of you. Whether you're watching by stream or you're in this room. But if if you're not saved, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I can promise you this. You're just tossing and turning all night long. Your whole life is just topsy-turvy. You're just tossed to and fro. You're looking for something. Listen, we live in a time when 
it seems like people are just running to and fro. They're looking for something to make them happy. They're looking for something to make them feel good. I want you to know this. You're never going to find it until you find Jesus. You'll never find it until you find Jesus. Quit looking. Quit running to and fro. Just look to Jesus. He said, because when you look to me, you find rest. So if you're you're in this room this morning or if you're watching and you're looking, you're searching, you're running around, you've worn yourself out looking for rest, turn to Jesus. If you're in this room this morning and you've been trying to do things to make God like you better, you've been doing things to make God love you better, just take it from me. You don't have to do that. Just do it because He does already love you. Just do it because, just because He first loved you. This is what I want us to do. I want you to stand right where you're at. With the uptick of COVID, I'm not going to ask everybody to come down like as we've been doing over the past several weeks. But right where you're at, I want, I want us to begin praying. And I want us to call on the name of Jesus. And I, I want us, I want us to begin to thank Him for the rest He's given us. And if you are restless, if you are laboring, if your, if your spirit is not at rest, if your heart is not at peace, I want you to ask Him, ask Him just to, to put you in that place of rest. Let Jesus be your Sabbath. Put your confidence in Him. Let's pray together right now. Fathers, we come to you. Lord, I thank you this morning for every person that's gathered in this room. I thank you for every person that's watching by Facebook Live or by listening by EV Radio. God, or they maybe they'll listen to a podcast later in the week. God, I pray that today, Jesus, that we will be a people, Lord, that truly finds rest for our souls. On this Labor Day weekend, when we're thinking about resting our bodies and we're thinking about relaxing ourselves, and and Lord, some of us may be already thinking about come Tuesday, that hi-ho, hi-ho, off to work we'll go. God, Lord, let us be more concerned about finding rest for our souls. Lord, there's people in this room or watching this morning. Lord, their, their bodies may be weary. But Lord, we know that you can strengthen those bodies.